preach, but this morning I almost couldn't breathe after that. Arielle and I have been friends for a long time, but I've never really seen her perform before. And you know when you see a friend in all their splendor and power for the first time? She's blowing me away. She's pretty awesome, isn't she? Yes. So my name is Pastor Lura, and um, I really want to thank Reverend Troy, who is a mentor and a friend, and Reverend Vicki and all of you for giving me the chance to be here today. Um, some of you all know that when I'm not preaching, this is one of the congregations I sneak away to to sit in the pew, and you all have um, fed me and nurtured me and helped me in so many ways. So thank you for the honor of being here to preach with you today. Some folks have told me that my sermon should sometimes come with trigger warnings because I believe in telling the truth about what our life is like and injustice in the world and all the hardness that that sometimes is along with all the power that God gives us. This morning, I'm not gonna go too deeply into any very difficult stories or in any way get any way graphic, but there is a list of injustices we might experience and um, one or more of those may hit you hard, so you can be prepared for that. Um, I also, this morning, I, my interpretation of this particular story is that God is presented as a male character in this story, so I may accidentally, or I may use male pronouns for God as I'm preaching, but I promise that my view of God includes feminine pronouns and neutral pronouns, and I will make up and give us some um, feminine imagery for God later in the service when I do the blessing, and the blessing may need a content note for a little bit of sensuality. You'll be ready for that. So this verse, there's a verse here that is my favorite verse in all of scripture. God said, the daughters of Zelophehad have spoke rightly. Give them their father's inheritance. So why is this my favorite verse? It's not usually listed among the favorite verses. In fact, most of the time, we don't even tell the story in, in church. How many people have ever even heard the story before? A very few, a few, not very many. Um, it's, we rarely read it, but it is one of my favorite stories. It is one of my favorite stories. So um, to do this, to do exploring, we're going to use a little bit of, um, dig in a little bit with our brains, and I'm going to use some of my seminary knowledge to give to you. So are you guys willing to do a little, little bit of work with me today? Just a little bit of work. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, first of all, who are the daughters of Zelophehad? Well, um, their names are Mala, Noah, Hogla, Terza, and Milka. And let me tell you, sometimes when this story is told, it's just named the daughters of Zelophehad, but um, Zelophehad doesn't do anything in the story. All Zelophehad does in the story is not rebel and die. Right? <laughs> so I'm not sure that this story needs to be named after him because the heroes of this story are these women, these five women. And I believe that we should say their names. Yeah? Uh, say her name. We'll say her name. Mala. Mala. Noah. Noah. Hogla. Hogla. Terza. Terza. Milka. Milka. Apologies to the interpreter. We might think they're hard names, but you know what? Hard names are just normal names in another culture. And sometimes it's worth learning how to say a name that's unusual to us to honor who that person is. 
So, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terza have a problem. What is the problem? The problem is that God has just given to Moses a bunch of rules about many things, including how land is inherited. Now, here's the weird thing, and the name Moses should clue you into this, they don't even have land yet, right? They're still wandering in the wilderness. They haven't reached the promised land. So as long as Moses is alive, they're still wandering, right? They haven't even stolen this land from the indigenous people already living there. (laughs) That's for a different sermon. We won't go Invite me back another Sunday, I'll preach about that. So this land is theoretical, but it probably stands in for a lot of other blessings or promises, right? Um, In the future, it will mean the ability to economically provide for themselves. And Mala, Noah, Hogla, Terza, and Milka need that ability just like their father did, right? But in the present, it means um, being listed on the list of names for all of Israel, and that means for the people of Israel being connected to the promise. So we might think about how in our culture there are sometimes men who are a little bit nervous if they don't have brothers and they don't have sons about their last name going away, but this is like that but even stronger because being on those lists of names and having property that ties you to those lists of names, it means being a part of the holy group of people who God loves. So um, women were not allowed to be listed on that list all the time, so that's automatically a problem, and Zelophehad's name is going to go away because he's died without sons. So what do these women do? They gather Moses and Eliezer, the second-in-command priest, and all the congregation and all the people in the most public place where the people go to speak about God, and they say, give us a share of our father's property. Give us. Now listen, here's a thing in Hebrew. Hebrew um, words have word endings that tell you who they're talking to. And when these women use an imperative, they are using an imperative that does not address plural groups of people. They are using an imperative that addresses one person. They are using an imperative to command what God should do. They tell God, the Holy One of Israel, your law isn't fair and fix it. Give us our father's share. The text even calls this a lawsuit. Moses took their lawsuit to God. These women just sued the Holy One of heaven and earth. Like, damn, they got some balls. Now, there's a long history in scripture of people who aren't supposed to get a blessing getting one, right? It happens that younger sons inherit before the older sons. That happens sometimes. David was the youngest son. He gets picked to be the king. It happens that slaves get freed and slave women get to see God. And it happens that um, a bunch of rebellious, teeny little scraggly nation gets to be the chosen one that that God lifts up as God's favorite nation, but this is the only time in scripture I know where someone who's not supposed to get a blessing informs God that yes, they are supposed to get a blessing. I wonder if there's anyone in here who's ever had somebody tell them that God says the blessing's not for them. 
I wonder if there's anyone in here who's ever been told, your love is not the right kind of love, you don't get to get married. Or if anyone in here has ever been told, you're not the right gender to be preaching in church. Or anyone in here has ever been told, you weren't born in the right country to have that right. Or you don't have the right birth certificate into that bathroom, or if anybody in here has ever been told, you're too crazy for me to believe. I think there's a few of us who've had a few of those experiences. Just a few. And these women had the same experience of someone telling them that God said they didn't get the blessing that was for them. And they say, give us, our Father's blessing. And what does the Lord of heaven and earth say to these sassy women, these mouthy women, these insubordinate women? God says, Kez benot zelofahad devarot natan titen lohem ahazet nahalam betok ata avahem vahavarot et nahalat avahen lohen. The daughters of Zelophehad are right in what they are saying. You indeed let them possess an inheritance among their father's brothers and pass the inheritance of their father onto them. Now listen, in Hebrew, remember those word endings I told you about, they determine the grammar of the sentence and word order is completely about the emphasis of what's the most important word in the sentence. And in this sentence, the most important word is kez, right. Kez benot, right they are saying. It's the most important word in that sentence. When the people took the Hebrew and they translated it into the Greek, apologies, they did the exact same thing. Orthos the gateros, salphad. Orthos, orthos, like orthodontics didn't put stuff in the right place, like orthodox. These women are speaking orthodoxy. Latin, if anyone knows Latin, it does the same thing. Eustem, the word we get just from. Eustem is the first word. Justly, Armala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terza speaking. There is something faithful, about being so certain of God's justice and so certain that God would never discriminate against us for who we are, that if someone tells us a law from God that says that we ought to not get a blessing because of who God created us to be, we can stand up and say, mm, that is not God's law, and if God thinks that is God's law, I'm going to tell God otherwise, and God's going to say that's orthodox. That is orthodox. Now, there is an argument that some people make that this, and, oh, and I've got to tell you, God changes God's law. God doesn't just give them their father's inheritance as charity. God says, in the future, I'm going to change my law. In the future, whenever a man dies without sons, his daughters ought to inherit. The law is not 100% fixed. We've got to wait a little while longer for that because let's just say it up front, people need to be able to inherit regardless of their gender, right? So God halfway fixes the law and we've got to come back later and finish fixing it. 
But there are people who say, well, that wasn't really about Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirza. That was really about Zelophehad and his name not being cut off. And it's really the father's rights, not the daughter's rights that are protected. Now, you and I both know that women throughout all of history have been making their argument based on what men's rights are to convince men in power, right? And that people of color and people of different genders and whoever doesn't have the power sometimes needs to make the argument um, that appeals to the person in power. And I kind of actually think that's what's happening in these texts. These women are smart, they know what the deal is, they know how to make the right argument. But it is possible that maybe they only win because of the rights of their father. So I want to ask you, who's your father? Isn't your father the king of heaven and earth? Isn't your mother the one who birthed you, the love at the center of the universe, the Holy One? Aren't you adopted sisters and brothers and siblings of Jesus Christ, the Messiah? Didn't the one who made the stars and set the planets in their courses scoop up dust and breathe God's own breath into you? Aren't you a child of the Holy One? So rightly spoke the daughters of Zelophehad. But even more rightly speak the children of the Holy One when they say, my blessing, God's blessing, is for me. And no law, even a law that is represented as being a law from God, can ever take that from me. In Jesus' name, amen. Then sing my As the ushers come forward and we prepare to give, we know that this is why we are here. This is our mission to practice justice and inclusion. These are our values.
people everywhere need to know that God loves them unconditionally, and they too are adopted and have all the rights that God has given. It's time to give. you pray with me? O great and mighty one, lover of justice, we thank you for the gifts in these baskets. We thank for those who give online. We thank, that, thank you that you are great and that you do have the whole world in your hands. We ask that you bring wisdom to our lay delegates, to Reverend Troy, Reverend Vicki, as they are at our conference that you would guide their hearts and their minds 
We ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. Things were different back in the Old Testament and then in the ways of Moses. And then Jesus came. And we have a new covenant, a new way of doing things. A Jesus that showed us that we love and we take care of people in the margins those who've been discriminated against, don't have a home, don't know that God loves them. And that brings us, and it brought Jesus to this table. Jesus, our brother, on the night in which he was betrayed, the night before he died, was gathered with his friends, the ones who had been with him, the ones he was teaching and healing with and walking with, and they were enjoying one of their sacred meals together. And he picked up the bread that was on the table, and he gave thanks for it, and he broke it. And he said to them, this is my body, and I give it to you. And whenever you eat it together, remember me. And then he picked up the cup of wine that they had been drinking at the table. And he gave thanks for it. And he said, this is my blood, and I'm pouring it out for you. And this is the cup of the new covenant, the new promise. And it is for you. And it is for all people. And it is for everyone of every place and every time, everywhere, always on this earth. And if there's people on other earths, it's there for them too. And he gave it to them. And he said, drink this, and whenever you do it together, remember me. Friends, whenever we are gathered together in Jesus' name to eat this bread of life, to drink this cup of the promise, we become what we have eaten, the body of God in the world. The Holy Spirit, the breath of God, falls on this bread and juice, on this communion. It falls on us. And we are filled up with God's love to go do God's work in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Here at Resurrection MCC, as well as all metropolitan community churches and as we'll be doing later on this week at our general conference in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Victoria, we serve an open communion. That means that it's open to all. No one is blocked from this blessing. If you have a gluten-free sensitivity, 
we have a server to your far right. Si prefiere una bendición de los elementos en español, por favor vea al que lo está sirviendo a su mano izquierda. If you're looking for a deeper meaning of prayer, we have people at our prayer wall that are there to journey with you in prayer. All we ask is that you come, take a step of faith, and receive what God has for you. And follow the direction of the ushers, please. Spring. 
sing that choir song by himself. God, we thank you for the elements that were transformed into miraculous power in our lives, both spiritual and physical, Lord God. We now ask for that as we partake in and consume and let their miracle, miraculous power envelope our lives, that your spirit was always with us. Amen. Please rise as you're able for our closing song, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. for the blessing. Remember feminine pronouns coming and content note about sensuality. May the mighty one dance her fierce dance on all the walls of injustice. May the strong, proud mama keep all her babies safe. May the femme of all femmes paint us in beauty. May the seductive one wiggle her hips at you and wrap her thighs around you. May the promiscuous one make love to you. And may she rock your world. 